This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hello, friends. Good to be with you on a Wednesday, June 29th, 2022. By the way, I should note that like three people tell me I say 2021 at least once a week. Well, you know. I'm old, I'm senile, and I'm only here to talk Utah Jazz basketball, baby. Anyway, good morning. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We do have a lot of Utah Jazz today. The rumor mill is fully in effect. Rager. A big-name Utah Jazz player is said to be in demand around the league. We'll talk about that. Will Hardy is the newest head coach of the Utah Jazz. But, Jake, did the Utah Jazz make the right decision? Because I got to tell you, yeah. three weeks ago we told you Will Hardy was going to be the guy in our opinion. And Will Hardy is the guy. Did the Utah Jazz get the right guy? The Knicks and Jalen Brunson. If I'm a New York Knicks fan this morning, Jake, I am incredibly apprehensive about what I am seeing out of the Knicks. Yeah. We'll talk about that. Another day brings us another ridiculous Kyrie Irving story on something he said. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the Brooklyn Nets are thinking, but if I am the Nets, there is only one solution to my Kyrie Irving problem. We've got to talk about that. James Harden today with the Sixers is due to uh, opt into a Forty-seven million dollar player option. Yeah, Jake, I said forty-seven million dollars. Yeah, getting paid to be average in the league—it's pretty sick, huh? Woo! We'll talk about all that. I have major HOA issues. You have major TikTok issues. All of that is coming up. But without further ado, why don't you, while you're here right now, go ahead and give us a thumbs up and a like on this show. If you are not subscribed, please do so. Because we have got the biggest stories in Utah Jazz country this morning. And I don't think, without a doubt, um, I don't think there is any question um, that Will Hardy is the right guy for this job. And I know there's been a lot of consternation. I know there's been a lot of conversation about Will Hardy. But let me tell you what I'm being told by sources around the NBA and specifically sources in the Utah Jazz. Will Hardy's had this job for a couple of weeks. Uh, Will Hardy knocked it out of the park in his first interview. Um, And one of the major components of the conversation with Will Hardy is building an offense that caters to the strengths of Donovan Mitchell and his commitment to developing the entire roster. I love this hire. I have no doubt that this was the right guy, as I've been telling you for weeks. Will Hardy and Charles Lee, from the very beginning, were the two candidates for the head coaching job with the Utah Jazz that we all felt were the the best fit and that Utah Jazz sources were telling us those were the two guys that the Jazz were really locked in on. And I think one of the interesting conversations here, Jake, is that Will Hardy, I think, was hired because he had the best plan for using and developing Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Will Hardy knows knows how he wants to go about this process. I think whether you look at Donovan Mitchell, whether you look at the 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 future of the team and, and how he wants to go about 
running the team as far as like player relations, you know, whether it's a player's team or a coach's team, which very clearly it's going to be a player's team. Um, I just think that the Utah Jazz uh, made a great decision in hiring Will Hardy. I think Will Hardy is is somebody who is young. I think he's energetic. I think he brings a, a, a much uh, more like high energy presence to the organization. And I think that right now in the NBA is is what's in demand. I, I think if, if you can pair Donovan Mitchell uh, with with a head coach, you know, in Will Hardy that that, you know, at a minimum knows what he's doing as far as like, you know, running sets and running a good offense and putting Don in a in a in a good position. I think the Jazz are already better right here today if they weren't if they were to make no trades, you know, obviously they're going to. But if the Utah Jazz made no trades. Yeah, I think you probably got better because you have a new voice, a young and energetic guy. And I think that Will Hardy, particularly uh, over other candidates, has playoff experience. And that, for me, has always been the separating factor. I feel like his time in Boston, uh, not only developing you know, um, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and, and, and several of these other players that, that contributed for them, but not not just the development piece, but also the playoff piece. I, I think that, to me, is something that's huge. Like, you know, frankly, Quinn Snyder ha- doesn't have NBA Finals experience. Quinn Snyder doesn't have Western Conference uh, experience, Western Conference Finals experience. And I think definitively, obviously, Will Hardy does. And, I, and so that's why I say when you're looking at this hire by the Utah Jazz, I just don't think you could have done much better. He's a young guy. He's going to relate to Donovan Mitchell. He's got postseason experience. He's got developmental experience. And by the way, he is a Danny Ainge guy. Him and Danny have a, a, a great relationship. So that's why I say when we told you January 6th on this show, uh, or I'm sorry, June 6th on this show three weeks ago, it was a pretty obvious selection to go ahead and hire Will Hardy if you were the Utah Jazz. It just makes sense. So that's why when that came out yesterday, I just was not that surprised. And I'm really glad that they 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 went with Will over over some of these candidates. You know, some of you have commented that you wanted Terry Stotts or or maybe maybe a more experienced, you know, head coach who's been in the league longer than Will Hardy's been in the league. But what I'm telling you is that it's not necessarily years of experience, but what you've done. Have you been to the postseason? Have you developed guys? Very simple. Yes, you have. Okay, great. Then you're a great fit. No, you haven't. Then we're not interested. And that ultimately is why I think the Utah Jazz hired Will Hardy. Yeah, and I, I think that when you look at the the name that you mentioned there that I think is a huge part of this story, and one of the things we heard yesterday pretty clearly was that Quinn Snyder was a frustrated human being the last year and a half that he was a head coach of the Utah Jazz. And I think when you look specifically at Quinn Snyder's last, I don't know, year, six months specifically, especially after the NBA trade deadline this past season, there was a dark cloud hanging over this organization. And Quinn Snyder was was pretty much responsible for that. He was frustrated. Um, there was not a lot of positivity and energy in the building on a daily basis. It was described to me yesterday uh, by sources at the Jazz that there were a lot of dark days. Um, and there was a this was a very difficult 18 months uh, for the Utah Jazz. And a lot of that surrounded Quinn Snyder's happiness. And a lot of that surrounded Quinn Snyder's belief um, that the Jazz were not doing all of the things he felt necessary to compete for a championship. And that frustrated Quinn Snyder mightily. And one of the things that was described to me yesterday about Will Hardy is that he has energy and positivity. Those two traits were overwhelming in their conversations with Will Hardy. And that change 
was really significant. And the resignation, the moving on from Quinn Snyder, a lot of people in the Utah Jazz organization felt like that was an opportunity to lift that cloud and to bring in energy, to bring in positivity. And you can't help but hope that that positivity and that energy trickles down to the Utah Jazz locker room because they need it. There was a strong belief that that negativity and frustration with Quinn and his staff trickled into the locker room, leaked into the locker room. And it should not surprise anybody that names like Alex Jensen very well may not be back on this coaching staff when things are said and done and everything falls into place. There's a good chance that there's not going to be an assistant left over on this staff from Quinn Snyder's time here. Mm -hmm. And that includes Alex Jensen, who is going to coach the summer league team. We'll see what happens there. But I believe in what people are intimating to me is that there's going to be a complete change and Will Hardy is going to have a completely different staff than Quinn Snyder had. Without mentioning Alex Jensen's name specifically, that's what I was told by Jazz sources yesterday. And if in fact that is the case, that's a big story because Alex Jensen is a name that is well-respected in these parts. Alex Jensen probably is looking back at his decision not to take the University of Utah basketball job now that Quinn has resigned and that all of these things have happened over the last six months. I wonder if Alex Jensen, Jake, is second guessing that decision to stay with the Jazz. Yeah, I, I think that I think that Alex Jensen is somebody who obviously is quality. You know, he brings a good skill set, but I but I think ultimately, you know, when you hire a new head coach, um, turnover happens. It's just part of doing business, and I think that you know not only would turnover happen because of a new head coach, but also because you have a new executive and Danny Ainge running running the organization, and and that's why I say like guys like Alex Jensen, it's cool that he was a candidate, and and reports say he was in final interviews. Alex Jensen was never getting this job. I, I'm sorry, it's just not. That's just not the direction the Utah Jazz were ever going to go. And, and, and again, it's no disrespect to him, but I just don't think that that was the, the, the best fit that they could possibly get. And, and I think that the, the big thing here for the Utah Jazz and, and really for, for Will Hardy is making sure that, that Donovan Mitchell and this, this team that they put together over the course of this offseason, um, you know, really is built to get traction like this season. And, a lot of people are asking, well, how do you how do you retool essentially? How do you change this roster without having a season where you just outright suck, where like you're not a playoff team, where where you just have to kind of eat it for a season? And I think that's a really phenomenal question. And I think the answer to that right now here today, without knowing what the roster looks like, is Will Hardy and Donovan Mitchell need to sit down at a table and they need to talk about how they're going to go about this. Like, is Don going to run the point? Is Don going to be off the ball? Is, is like, how, how, what's the strategy? What's the game plan? Because to me, that ultimately, no matter who you bring in as far as players are concerned, that ultimately is what's going to de decide your fate. Because let's be really clear, Donovan Mitchell is now being put in a position where he is going to be the guy. Like, you are, you hired a young head coach that is going to lean on him to perform. And for all the naysayers on Donovan Mitchell, maybe your time is coming where you're going to where you're going to be thrilled to say that hey, he let us down or he's disappointing, but I'm telling you there's also an equal opportunity for Donovan Mitchell to take that next step in his career. And that's why we've been saying this summer is so crucial for Don. Like again, not to be repetitive, but that mid-range game's got to be on lock. 
Finishing package has to be unlocked. Three-point range has to remain the same. You know, and then I think he's got to take a big step forward in leadership. What's encouraging, though, is for me anyway, is when I hear that, hey, like, you know, when Quinn Snyder was on his way out with the Utah Jazz, there was a dark cloud over the organization. Well, maybe that's why there was a lot of issues in the locker room as well. Like, partially. I'm not saying he's the whole reason. But if you think about it, like, when you go to the office and your boss is all pissed off, that doesn't exactly help employee relations. So when I think about, hey, the Jazz brought in a young head coach who's energetic and a go-getter, that, to me, should should kind of light the fire under Donovan Mitchell and the rest of this team. And they should really be able to to do some some good things this season. And that that, to me, if I'm a Utah Jazz fan is what my hope is, that Will Hardy will come in here with a fresh staff, a fresh mind, and he will do some good things for this organization. Well, and I also think, obviously, yesterday I was told that, you know, Donovan Mitchell was a major reason that Will Hardy got this job. Um, One of the main questions that was asked of all the candidates was, hey, what is your thought on Donovan Mitchell? How do you see using him in your offense? And Will Hardy crushed that question. Um, He was by far the most aggressive with the answer. He was prepared for that question to be asked. And I think that's ultimately why Will Hardy today is the head coach of the Utah Jazz. I also think, obviously, his relationship with Danny Ainge. And for everybody, by the way, who was like, oh, Donovan Mitchell's getting Johnny Bryan hired. They're, you know, the same (laughs) agent. Where is is the conspiracy theory now? Come on. And and we talked about this at length. (laughs) We talked about this at length when... When it was brought up that, that oh, CAA, conspiracy theory, when Andy Larson at the Salt Lake Tribune essentially slandered more people without any evidence that it was, in fact, true. Yeah. And talked about how Donovan Mitchell and Adrian Wojnarowski at ESPN, uh, Woj is represented by CAA, Johnny Bryant's represented by CAA, that they were all conspiring to make sure that Johnny yeah. Bryant got the job with the Jazz. Well, how did all of that work out for Infowars.com. you? That Donovan was dismayed and unsettled when, you know, Quinn Snyder was unnerved. was, you know, unnerved and surprised. Yeah. And we told you that was complete bullshit and that the CAA conspiracy theory was absolutely not true. You've got to stop with this nonsense in this town. Thanks. And I'm telling you now, from what I've heard around the league. Will Hardy's the right guy for this job. And Johnny Bryant, Charles Lee, they're going to be amazing head coaches in this league, in my opinion. Johnny Bryant will get his opportunity. It's not going to be right now with the Utah Jazz. And it's not any kind of CAA conspiracy theory um, that some local beat writer made up in the in the local fish trap. That's mm-hmm. not what this is. Mm-hmm. This is the right guy. They went through a process. Will Hardy, frankly, had all the right answers and had better answers than everybody else they interviewed. And to me, this was absolutely the right thing. And I feel like if you're a Utah Jazz fan this morning, I think you should be excited about this. This should energize you. This is the right guy. They made the right decision. In my opinion, Jake, that's really what matters here. Yeah, and I think I think you know we've also been saying that the Utah Jazz need a win. Ryan Smith, you needed a win, and to me, this is absolutely a win. You made, as you just said, you made the right decision here, and I think it's it's it is encouraging that that finally we're getting you know a move here. Obviously, but if but because you made the right hire here with with Will Hardy. Now you've put yourself in a position to go and make the right Rudy Gobert deal and then go and make the the right Mike Conley deal and so on and so forth. And so now you've put yourself in a position where you can have a really productive 
offseason. And and my biggest thing here is that this the, the way this worked is working now. This is different than how it was when it was, you know, LHM and Dennis Lindsay and in that era of jazz basketball. Like you need to understand that that this hire is a clear you know, step towards the new era of Utah jazz basketball. And and that's why I say, like, if you're a Utah jazz fan, you should feel damn good today. Like, feel good about this hire. It is the first thing this offseason that I can legitimately say, like, yes, they got this right. This is who you should have got. He was the best available guy, you know, for your situation. Like, you should be happy about this. And, and again, you know, for all the the people talking about how, well, Don had dinner with Emmanuel quickly and, you know, the Knicks are clearing cap space and all those people talking about Donovan Mitchell leaving the Utah Jazz. I think you just need to put that to bed now. Like, I don't think that Donovan Mitchell has ever been about leaving the Utah Jazz at this stage in his career. I think he just wants to win, and I think he's tired of Rudy Gobert drama or, or you know, now we know there was a dark cloud over the organization, as you said. Like, I think Don's just ready to be out of That's it. That's a big part of it. Yeah. I would not underestimate that because I feel like energy, positivity, direction, momentum vibes. is such a big – Vibes, yeah. yeah. I think is such a big part of – what you try to do when you're trying to win games. And, and and I just feel like Quinn Snyder, I think you had to make that move if you were not certain that you could make significant roster changes because Quinn Snyder wanted significant roster changes. And I think also one important thing inside of that is that Quinn obviously has his vision, like his offense, yes. the way he would run the team. And I think that didn't align with like what, what Danny and, and, frankly, Ryan Smith wanted. And so that's why I say it's really interesting. Like when I hear you say, hey, there was sort of this, you know, negative energy or like Quinn just was not a happy camper the last, let's just say year, whether it was a yes. year, year and a half, whatever it was. Like he wasn't a happy camper, you know, through the end times with the Utah Jazz. Like to me, that could potentially be the most important factor in this change and why they decide to move on from Quinn. Because it's like, man, it's been almost a decade. Like we just, it's just time to get that new energy in. And we know Donovan Mitchell is about to enter his prime. So we got to nail this. Totally agree. All right, let's get your thoughts in here. Good morning, Neville 93. Uh, he says, holy F, we got a new coach. Hola, Billy. Good morning too. He says, morning, definitely a, a risk, but I believe the Jazz made the right choice with Hardy. Also really excited about Fisdale. Well, David Fisdale is also another yes. big part of this, and I think that's a really good point. David Fisdale was hired not to be an assistant coach or the lead assistant. He was hired to be the associate general manager yesterday by the Utah Jazz. And this is a really interesting move because it signals a significant change in the way the Jazz are doing business. David Fisdale is here to do one thing. That is make sure that the development process for the Utah Jazz takes a significant step forward. Mm -hmm. David Fisdale is well-known as a guy that develops talent. The Jazz are well-known as an organization who have struggled to develop their talent. David Fisdale is here to develop talent. And again, you want to talk about energy and excitement. There were a lot of people in this organization that were very happy to hear that David Fisdale was coming to Salt Lake City. <laughs> And absolutely. And when you wonder what Dwayne Wade's influence is on this team, I am told by jazz sources that Dwayne Wade had a, a, a direct impact on the decision to give David Fisdale this opportunity to bring him in. Dwayne Wade's endorsement of David Fisdale from their time together in Miami was a significant part of this process. And it should also be noted that yesterday, 
Who was the main cheerleader of this move when it was announced? LeBron James, yeah. who also spent time with David Fisdale in Miami. Those are two big endorsements for David Fisdale and a big reason why David Fisdale was hired to be the associate general manager of the Utah Jazz. He's the right guy at the right time, in the right place. This organization, as we have talked about on a regular basis, is desperate for development. And Jake, I think you're seeing much to Hullabilly's point. You're seeing that the Jazz now are not doing business the same way that they've done for the last 10 years. Yeah. And, and what are we really saying here? What we're really saying is, hey, we're, we're the Utah Jazz are handling business the way it needs to be handled. Hey, you, you for the head coaching slot, what did you need? Just in generality, think about what this team needed. Young head coach, energetic, new voice, you know, someone who could relate to these players, you know, on a, on a, a deeply personal level, like like that's what you got in Will Hardy. So you check that box. Now we know, hey, we need to be, we need to be developing guys like Jared Butler because we don't have pick after pick. We don't have a ton of financial flexibility. So that's what Fisdale brings. Like, hey, take Jared Butler and turn him into a be- like a bench contributor. Turn him into a 20 minute a night, come off the bench and give me 10 15 points. That's what we need out of him this year. Turn yeah. him into that guy. So that's what I would expect to happen. Like that's a great move by them. Totally agree. Tanner Plummer says, uh, "Hey guys, hey, hey guys, guys, hey guys, hey, hey guys, hey guys, hey guys, hey guys." Uh, Gene Stream Gamer says, uh, "Right on time." Tanner Plummer, hey guys, guys, hey guys. Hey guys. Good hire hey by the Jazz. We'll see if he works out. Well, way to be pessimistic. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Ryan Buckley says, "Morning guys." Gene Stream uh, says, "Prediction complete." Prediction complete. Yeah. Again, add it to the list, bro. Add it to the list. Add it to the list, Not man. to tell you I told you so, but hey, guess what? Literally, uh, June 6th, we told you. Yeah. On the day, on the show. Uh, Greg Hawkins, good morning to you, sir. Tanner Plummer says, LOL, can you guys go one episode without saying we told you so or we're hey right? When it happens, we will. Facts. You know. Edgar Garcia says, good morning, players. Looks like the Jazz can now fully focus on the roster. It's about freaking time. That's what I'm saying. I do think that that's a big part of this as well. This this hire of Will Hardy allows the Jazz to kind of really 100% hundo P focus on, hey, how are we going to move forward with this roster next year? Well, and I, I think that also you know brings you to a pretty significant – um, story that's developing around the NBA as well. And that is that the Utah Jazz are getting calls on Jordan Clarkson uh, from around the NBA. A significant number of teams have asked about Jordan Clarkson. And I think there's a lot of momentum here. And, you know, I really don't want to go too far without saying, I think Jordan Clarkson is a significant member of this team. Yeah. But there is one thing that the Jazz have learned through this process, Jake, and that is that Jordan Clarkson has significant trade value to a team that knows they're looking for a trade partner. Yeah, and, and I think that, you know, the thing with Jordan Clarkson for the for the Utah Jazz in a, in a trade scenario is that teams know that Jordan Clarkson produced like consistently for the Utah Jazz. I mean, again, yesterday on the show, it got brought up that Jordan was, you know, obviously the sixth man of the year two seasons ago. Like, this is somebody who, you know, can come off the bench and give you 30 on any given night. Like, this is somebody who's a gifted scorer in, in the league. And I think that it's really unfortunate that, that you know, he's somebody that's bring, being brought up in, in trade conversations, but it makes sense. I mean, again, when you can score at the rate that Jordan Clarkson has been scoring for the Utah Jazz, like, yeah. I just think it's a natural thing that teams would ask about him. That said, 
I don't think that he's a, a must-have guy. I definitely want Jordan Clarkson on this team, but if I get the right trade package, I, I think you got to ship him out. Well, and I think one of the things that was very clear um, in sourcing NBA, a, NBA guys last night was that uh, the three teams that have shown the most interest are the Sixers, the Celtics, and the Timberwolves. And I think if you're the Utah Jazz and you can make that deal, I think you have to do that because there is also a three-team deal out there that a lot of people are talking about that includes the Jazz, the Timberwolves, and the Washington, don't call us the Bullets, call us the Wizards. <coughs> um, and one name that continues to come up in trade rumors is Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Yeah. And he is a guy that if you're the Utah Jazz, I would not be – disappointed if Contavious Caldwell-Pope lines up on the Utah Jazz. I mean, that's a guy that can defend at a very high level. Um, he fits into everything that you want to do. He is an energy player who can handle the ball and he can shoot the three. Now, is he a huge difference maker? He's not. Is he going to score you the 20 points a game that Jordan Clarkson scores? He's not. But certainly what Contavious Caldwell-Pope does if he is part of a package of players that come back in a trade that would see Jordan Clarkson going out and likely Mike Conley going out. If that trade were to happen in any form or fashion and you ended up with a Contavious Caldwell Pope and a, you know, a D'Angelo Russell, for instance, I think that's a trade that you absolutely have to listen to. Yeah. And if you are able to get future second round picks in that trade as well, and I'm not saying that you would be able to, but if you were able to put a package together like that, that netted you need and your need absolutely is defense and guard play. I don't see any way that you don't do that because as much as Jordan Clarkson is valuable in scoring the basketball and as much as he is your sixth man, there is no doubt that he shoots in volume. There is no doubt that one of the frustrations on this team last year, as we reported on this show, was that oftentimes Jordan Clarkson was a black hole. The, the black hole, the ball would go in, but it would never come out. Yeah. And when he's right, nobody shoots it at a at a higher clip than Jordan Clarkson. But when he's off or not right, nobody shoots it at a higher clip than Jordan Clarkson. <laughs> and and the same things you love about JC are the same things that you hate about him. Yeah. That he shoots in volume. All the time. And and you know what? Uh, truth be told, he's not a guy that really is a system player. Yeah. He's a guy that gets his own. And it, he, again, he's a bucket getter. And I think there's a lot of value for that in this league. Definitely. But if you are the Utah Jazz and you have an op opportunity to turn a package of players that includes Jordan Clarkson, if you can turn that into a guy like D'Lo or you can turn that into a guy like Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Jake, I don't know how you don't do that. Well, and I think the most attractive thing about about that scenario, if, if that were to happen, is that let's say you did get a D'Lo, you're not keeping D'Lo. Like, you would, what you would do in that case then, I would think, I mean, again, this is just my opinion, but if I'm Danny Ainge in that scenario, I'm going to try and flip D'Angelo Russell for maybe some more picks or maybe, you know, a player in a pick or like something like that. Because D'Angelo Russell is a player that obviously has value in the league, but it really, it, the money is what, what would be an issue for the Utah Jazz in that in that scenario. And I also think Danny Ainge has made it very clear through his actions or frankly lack of action in the trade market that he does want draft capital for the next couple of seasons. Like he is prioritizing that. So I just think if you were to make that deal and you were to get a, a transactional player like D'Angelo Russell, you could easily flip that into, into more opportunity for yourself in future years, which is what I think Danny Ainge is a, a magician at.
Yep, let's get your thoughts here. Um, Hullabilly says, spot on, Jake. I want JC here, but if you find the right trade, you got to pull the trigger. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think it's tough. Like, I think he's been a phenomenal player for this team. I mean, like you were saying, yeah. like, yeah, there are some complaints about him, but I think, uh, again, he's he's had some amazing moments, and his time here has been nothing, nothing short of great, you know? But, again, it, this is a business. Like, sometimes you just have to make – tough decisions and move on from people when it's time. And we're in that window right now where I don't really think anybody, you know, and again, this largely excludes Donovan Mitchell, but again, if the price is right, you're going to move on from somebody. So that's just why I think it is. Yeah. And I, I think that there is, there is quite a bit of, of momentum for that. I, I truly do. I yeah. think there's a lot of momentum for change and change in the right direction. Clarkson's flaws are so obvious. Rec one says there must be a way for the staff to make him improve his decisions and be able to drive and kick a little more. Well, I mean, that's easier said than done. You know, I, I think it's very difficult when you're when you're counting on a guy to come off the rack and give you a lot of points and a lot of energy. It's hard to say, well, ah, not so much energy and ah, not so much points, not so many shots. It's really difficult to tell him not to shoot as much because he's got one job, score the basketball. And yeah, you would love to see him kick to the corner as often as possible, but that's not always going to happen. You know what I mean? Uh, Brandon Whiteside says Clarkson better than Pope. Okay, but again, Brandon, I would encourage you to listen to what the conversation was. It's not that, oh, hey, trade them one for one. Nobody's yeah. talking about that. Nobody is saying to trade Jordan Clarkson straight up for Contavious Caldwell Pope. Yeah. That's not, a, we've never said that at all. Um, Lorenzo Miranda says, y'all, hi probably we are no nope not doing it Alex Chacon says I'd like to see Kuzma in a jazz uniform I would well, not I think Kyle Kuzma is a very limited player in my opinion I think he I think the 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 situation with Kyle you only have to go back to the Lakers the Lakers traded Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball and they held on to Kyle Kuzma now they won a championship for that but Kyle Kuzma is a guy that could have netted them a much higher return and you could have kept Brandon Ingram and Brandon Ingram is twice the player that 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 Kyle is yeah with all due respect to Kuz like he's not a bad player he's just not consistent and he's not not only is he not the the total package you'd want I just think the guy personality wise is an odd fit. He's the best player on a mediocre team. He is. That's what he is. He he is. I totally agree with that. Rec one says Clarkson flaws are so obvious. Oh, I read that one already. Excuse me. Uh, Will DeThrill says Jazz get Will Hardy. Celtics may <coughs> may get JC. It chokes me up to even say that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to fill the only hole they have, which is bench scoring. Who is Ainge really working for? Listen, if you wanna if you wanna make a three team deal with the Celtics. Because I don't see – they're not going to trade you Jordan Clarkson straight up for Marcus Smart. Yeah. They're not going to – I mean, there's not, in my opinion, a one-for-one -one deal there. But if you want to include them in a three-team deal, uh, the guys that I would value – the other team we got to talk about here when we talk about making deals, um, talking Utah Jazz basketball right here on the Monty Show, uh, the other the other team you got to talk about here is the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah. Um, because the Charlotte Hornets are going to make changes. Um there's no doubt about that. In this situation with Miles Bridges, where there was some question about why they didn't bring him back, Mitch Kupchak minced no words yesterday when he said, we're bringing Miles Bridges back. Yeah. We value Miles Bridges. 
The Charlotte Hornets are absolutely out there looking for talent. They're absolutely out there looking for new bodies, right? You know that there's a relationship in place there. They have an enormous amount of talent on that roster that that, that is available. I mean, they're a team I think that you have to keep an eye on when you talk about making these trades. And it, if you're the Jazz or if you're like one of the most active teams of the offseason, I think has been the Minnesota Timberwolves and their, and their efforts to bring better fits around um, Carl Anthony Towns. Mm-hmm. I think when you look at guys like Terry Rozier, um, you look at guys like Gordon Hayward, you look at guys in Charlotte that fit a very specific need. That's what Minnesota needs but it's probably going to be a three-team deal. Is Minnesota willing to give up on a guy like a Malik Beasley? Is Minnesota willing? You know that Minnesota is already trying to trade d I mean, how much are they willing to give up to get what they're looking for? Yeah, That's the big question. And by the way, Minnesota is also a suitor for Rudy Gobert. So I wouldn't be, I would not be counting Minnesota, Charlotte, and I still maintain Toronto as the most likely best fit for, for Rudy Gobert if that trade happens. But I'm telling you now, Minnesota and Charlotte are two teams that feel like they're going to make big trades. Yeah. And if you're the Utah Jazz and you can get involved in one of those deals, Jake, I I, I think you you absolutely have to do that. Yeah, and I think that that's like what their their highest and best use this offseason is is being a third team in in these bigger fish deals. Like you know, a lot of a lot of rumor mill out there talking about how Kevin Durant's going to Phoenix or Kevin Durant's going there, whatever. Like you know, I think in in those level of trades, yeah, you want to be the third team. There's options there. There's there's routes to getting things done. So I absolutely think that the Jazz have an opportunity there. Yeah, I I I think they do. Tyler Hopkins, good morning to you. I would hate to see Jordan Clarkson leave, but if the Jazz were able to make a deal that makes the team better, then I would be fine with Clarkson leaving. And I think you can say that about just about anybody on this yeah, roster. Absolutely. I mean, if you trade Donovan Mitchell and it makes your team better, if you trade Rudy, if you trade Jordan, if you trade, you but know, this is whoever. why it was so important to hire Will Hardy because because now you know you you have a commitment for the next five years. I mean, you're you're talking about a guy who's going to be here long term. Uh, and Danny and him are on the same page. Now you can go out and make those deals because you're comfortable with who's going to be coaching on a night-to-night basis. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, Daniel Westover says, Jordan Clarkson is the only player on the Jazz other than Donovan who can get his own unless you count Bogey backing someone down in the paint. That would be hard to replace. But again, I think it depends on who you replace that with. Yeah, I think you got to dream a little bigger. I mean, I, I, yeah, yes. sure, right now he's the only other guy, but that's not going to be the case come camp. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, you have to understand that there's there's changes coming. Like, I, I think that, you know, with all due respect, I think that Utah Jazz fans are a little resilient to the idea that this team's going to look completely different. Like, I, I'm I'm talking about, like, like Rudy's going to be gone. Royce, I definitely think, is going to be gone. Uh, I think there's a decent chance, as we've been talking about this morning, that Jordan Clarkson gets traded. Like, there are there are deals out there. Now that Will Hardy is hired and this Jalen Brunson stuff with the Knicks is getting handled, like, you know, the things well, a are lot getting of the, handled. Uh, a lot of the big-name situations have been taken care of. Russell yeah. Westbrook opted into his $47 million. Yes. James Harden's going to opt into his $47 million. Kyrie into his 36. Like, you're seeing all this happen now, and you're seeing the Knicks, who a lot of people were wondering, what what were they doing on draft night? Well, they were using the assets that they had at hand to make a deal, and now you're seeing that they want Jalen Brunson. And I think what you're also seeing um, is that they're they're uh, they're a club that, you know, I I don't love the Jalen Brunson story. If I'm a Knicks fan, uh-huh. I don't. I I think when you look at 
what the Knicks are doing. If you're going to pay him $27 million a year, Jalen Brunson's never been the best guy on the best team. Yeah. And I agree that playing with Luka Doncic likely, likely pushed his ceiling down. I agree that there's no player that's more ball dominant and refuses to pass more than Luka Doncic. Jalen Brunson showed you some things. But is that a guy that you really want to hand the keys to your franchise to and say, hey, be our franchise guy? Because I'm not there with that. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the guy who says Jalen Brunson is a difference maker. Is he a top five player on any team in this league? Yeah, he is. There's no doubt about that. Can he get buckets? Yes, he can. Can he shoots? He plays at all three levels? Absolutely. I'm not handing that guy close to $30 million if I'm the New York Knicks without a franchise-level player to play next to him. Yeah. And that, to me, Jake, is the biggest issue because I don't see that the Knicks have that guy. Yeah, and my biggest problem here is that you're you're, you're shipping out Nerlens Noel and Alec Burks to, to get this done to create the cap space. I mean, shipping those two guys out combined with what you did on draft night you know, gives you $30 million in, in cap space so you can go and sign Jalen to $27 million a year. And the problem is, is you're, you're exactly right. Jalen Brunson is never going to be the best player on on your team. Jalen Brunson is somebody who is your 1B to the guy, just like he was in Dallas. And I think you saw him peak because Luka got hurt. And so then Jalen was able to step into that role for, you know, a couple of games against the Jazz or here or there, like kind of be the Band-Aid to that injury. And he performed. But I, I don't buy that Jalen Brunson on a night-to-night basis is going to give you 25-plus uh, in the Eastern Conference. I just don't buy that. And and I think that 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 I, I applaud Jalen Brunson and his agent and his people for getting his ass paid. That's what this league is about. Yeah, I totally agree. As we talk Utah Jazz basketball, Will Hardy is the new head coach. Would love your comments on that. How do you feel about that? Um, there is a lot of belief that uh, Jordan Clarkson is one of the bigger names that the Jazz may be willing to trade. They're getting a lot of calls on him. Um, and if you're not a fan of the Jazz, who are you a fan of? What is your team doing? We love talking NBA free agency on this show, so let's get more of your comments in here. Uh, Lorenzo Miranda says, I'll join you guys if that's the case. Okay. If what's the case. If what's the case. Tyler Hopkins says, I would hate to see Jordan Clarkson leave. Uh, but if the Jazz were able to make that team better, I would do that. Yes, I agree with that. Um, hey, look, it's Gabe Ledley. He of a new hey PS5 guys. yesterday. Yeah. Appreciate you being here. Karen Montemayor makes an appearance Whoa, on the show. Karen, how we doing? Can't believe I didn't win the giveaway yesterday. Must have been rigged. Can I speak with your manager? No. Stooge. I am the manager. Uh, Gene Stream Gamer says Gabe the champ. Yes. Yes. Uh, Will the Thrill says JC is the only good deal that Jazz have. Eh, I, don't I don't know, know about, about that. that. Yeah. I don't know about that's that. That's not true. I don't know about that. Uh, Alex Chacon says, have you guys heard anything new as far as the Rudy trade goes? It's been very quiet. And mm-hmm. I think I think there were a couple factors at play here when it comes to trading Rudy Gobert. I think, one, you needed to hire a head coach. Um, I, we've talked about that. I think it's very necessary to understand who that coach is going to be. Now, in my opinion, they've known that Will Hardy was going to be their guy. So I think pre-draft, they knew Will Hardy was going to be their guy, right? I think as soon as the finals were over, they got into high gear with him. Mm-hmm. But I also think that the the hard part is the asking price for Rudy Gobert that Danny Ainge has hung out there is exceptionally high. He wants first-round picks. He wanted a first-round pick in this year's draft. They weren't able to get that done. 
Um, and I think there is an, ex an excessive ask in place that most teams are not going to be able to meet that bar. I want and again, that's why I say, I think anytime you're making a, a 50, $60 million trade, that's got to be three teams. Yeah. And if the Jazz truly hope to get a first-round pick in return for Rudy Gobert, which I'm not saying is wrong, but if they truly hope to get a first-round pick for Rudy Gobert, Jake, I think they're going to probably um, have to they're going to probably have to be patient, and this is going to be something that's going to drag on for most of July. Yeah, yeah, I think that I think that Rudy and that deal is it's just a harder deal to make, and you know when when you know when you need a third team, when you're trading a ton of money, like yeah, it's going to take time. But I, my biggest again, I'm just going to keep saying this: my biggest concern with the Rudy situation is that it does drag on too long, and you lose your leverage position as far as the asking price, and then you end up making a deal where your asking price goes way down because you know you need to move his money, which they do need to move his money oh there there's no question about that james knight says uh so not to back over my earlier comment but didn't you i never get it wrong mofo suggest the jazz needed a young black coach i said specifically about that um and i if you made a comment earlier i didn't see it i apologize um i think that that was something that you you absolutely had to explore mm -hmm. and i think that when you talk about johnny bryant and charles lee i think they explored it um, I think Will Hardy is the exact right guy to hire. Um, and I think I, I think we we have said for the longest time, really back to early June, Charles Lee and Will Hardy were the two guys that we told they were gonna were told they were gonna focus on. Yeah. Charles Lee is gonna be an excellent head coach in this league. I don't know where that happens, but that doesn't mean that Will Hardy's not a good head coach. That doesn't mean that Will Hardy can't succeed. I think Will Hardy is going to succeed in a, in a, in a big way. Uh, came from the bottom, says, I'm a Laker <laughs> fan, but I think the Jazz need to break up that trio. I think there's a championship win. Their championship window closed when they lost to the Clippers last year. Yeah, there's no yeah. doubt about that. Yeah, There's no doubt about that. Jeremy Bolton, good morning to you. Maybe Hardy can bring the J-I-M-M-E-R. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Dante May says Juzang or NAW could be developed into Diet Clarkson. I yeah. am not an NAW guy. I, I I understand. And this goes back to part of Quinn Snyder's frustration. That's what you got for Joe Ingles. That's what you got for, at the time, the soul of your basketball An team. expiring contract. And a $13 million expiring contract. And you turned him into NAW and... That hasn't gone anywhere. Yeah. Ju Zhang's a guy that really excites me, really excites me. And Tony Jones at The Athletic made a really good point uh, when he wrote that Ju Zhang should have come out last year. He went back for his junior season this year. He should have come out the year before. Right. And he didn't. And if he had, I think he probably would have been a late, early second round pick. And the Jazz are going to get him on a free agent deal here. So I think Ju Zang is a is an excellent, excellent pickup for them. Yeah. Mitchell Harding, good morning to you. He says, Jazz have done everything they needed to do so far. Next two weeks says it all. Have faith. Totally agree with mm -hmm. that. Um he also Mitchell also says, all in, it looks like we will get another year of watching high level basketball either way. I hope so. Because bad basketball is bad basketball, and, and that's what I, that's what I mean about the hire. Like I think that that no no matter what, you're already better. Like yes. I, I, I and, yes. and and again, I know that Will Hardy's young, and people think that that's a big risk for the Utah Jazz. But I I think overall, you're you're already better because you have a new voice and you have a fresh perspective. And I think you're going to see players used in new ways that we haven't seen over the last five years. Yep, uh, Lorenzo Miranda says, "How likely is it Rudy does not get moved?" 
I still maintain it's 70-30 he gets moved. I think it's very difficult to bring him back to this locker room. I think they're – I'm not saying that he burned any bridges. He lit some bridges on fire. Yeah. And I think that there were a lot of factors at play, and I know we've talked about this a lot. I mean, there was simply a lack of accountability from the coaching staff down to the players. I think that was certainly part of the issue on this team. But Rudy doesn't take critique well. Rudy Gobert gets very defensive. Um, when they talk about, hey, you got to defend the pick and roll better. He wants to talk about other people's defense. And the other thing that you can't get away from is even if you do bring Rudy Gobert back into the fold here, how do you handicap him defensively? And I know that's a crazy thing to say, but how do you handicap him defensively? Well, you got to change the the perimeter defense on this team to do that. Yeah. Because you can no longer ask Rudy Gobert to guard guys in the pick and roll. And the difficult part is when you look at the Christian Wood situation in Houston last year, where Wood hits that game tying three to send the game to overtime, that's a hundo P on Rudy Gobert. And you look at the switches and you look at he and and Boyan Bogdanovich are just not a good fit together on any side of the floor. And then offensively, his limitations in crunch time, I just think you need a change. I think this Jazz roster needs a change. And I think they need to feel better about the guys around them. And and we can sit here and we can debate this back and forth, but it's very difficult to get away from the fact that two years in a row in the playoffs, Rudy Gobert got schemed out of effectiveness. Facts. And there's really no way to handicap that. The Clippers and and the Dallas Mavericks essentially ran ran him off the floor. Yeah, man. Talking with Raphael Podcast says, at least we go Bo Cruz in the team. Not really sure what that means. I'm not sure who Bo Cruz is. Uh, I want the Utah Jazz to trade every single one but J.C. and Donovan. They can stay, put the whole team like we say in Spanish, basura, which means garbage. Right, yeah. I agree. Spencer Morgan, good morning to you. Newsflash, Jazz organization vastly overvalues Rudy Gobert, but we already knew that from his contract. Their overvaluing of him doesn't prevent them from being able to make a deal. Well, (laughs) it, it, let's hope it doesn't prevent them. Yeah. But does Danny Ainge overvalue Rudy Gobert? Because I've been told point blank by Utah Jazz sources that this is Danny's ship. He's running the ship here. And he does run have to run his his deals by Ryan Smith, but just in a conversational manner. Yeah. He's not like, hey, I need your position. Um, hey, Danny, hey I need your position. Hey, guys. Um, no. He's saying, hey – this is the trade that we have in place for Rudy Gobert. Here's why I want to make that deal. And Ryan's pretty much going to drop a rubber stamp on that deal. Look, I don't think that Danny Ainge is sitting here saying to himself that Rudy Gobert is 100% worth what I'm asking. What Danny no. Ainge instead is doing is saying, okay, I'm going to ask for this and hope to negotiate down to a level that's acceptable. That's what I think Danny Ainge is doing. I think Danny is asking high and hoping that the teams that he has conversations with come back and and give him a reasonable counter offer. That's what's happening here. I I don't think that Danny Ainge is naive to what Rudy's actual worth is in the league. Yeah, I I I think I think that's a really good point. And Spencer, I think you make a really good point. I I I think that you know, it is what it is. Uh Wilda Thrill says Bo Cruz is Wanacho. Oh, great. Wanacho Hernan Gomez. Wanacho hey Belgrande, as I like yeah. to refer to him as. Um, and he's that guy. I guess we had to call him Bo Cruz now. Apparently. No, I have not seen the movie. Um, <laughs> Bo Cruz. He's that guy that everybody falls in love with. Mm-hmm. 
He's the minivan, the George Niang. He's that guy. Yeah, buckets on bench. But he's not that guy in a championship team. And I like what Hernan Gomez brought to this team. You know, my guy Wanacho is a try-hard guy. He can knock down the three, and he could do that for about eight to ten minutes a night. And that's it. If he is your guy coming off, if he's anything more than a a 10, 11, 12 guy, because you're never playing, you know, 14, 15. If he's anything more than a 10, 11, 12 guy, you're in trouble. Yeah. You're in trouble. He should not have a space on this floor. And by the way, I, again, as, as we talk Utah Jazz basketball um, here on the Monty Show, I will just, again, say what's going on with Rudy Gay. Where is Rudy Gay? Haven't heard two words about him. Pack this thing up. We're out of here. Is that a guy that Trade the Jazz value? Chip. Is that a guy the Jazz value? Is that a guy the Jazz don't value and would include in a trade? Yes. That's a big question because nobody's talking about him. And the other guy you're not talking about is Hassan Whiteside. And I've had conversations about Hassan Whiteside and Hassan would like to come back. Hassan would like to be here. And whether Rudy's here or not, Hassan Whiteside is a guy that is serviceable as a backup, especially if you're going to play smaller basketball like this league di dictates now. I'm telling you, Hassan Whiteside's a guy that you should pay attention to because he's he's going to get a deal somewhere in this league. The guy's too good of a shot blocker not to get a deal in this league. Jeremy Bolton, maybe the Jazz can trade Buckets O Airball for Tory Ellis. <laughs> Buckets. I started having second thoughts. Buckets O Air. What, are, what is the best name? Um, and I don't understand why you guys send me DMs during the show. Like, I'm literally sitting here reading comments on the show. Like I'm reading all of um, your comments and, and I get Barry sending Barry, me, you know, sending me DMS. Hi Barry saying it's so frustrating. Oh no, that's right. I don't read your DMS on the show anyway, but what's the so best Royce yourself? <laughs> well, what is the best Royce O'Neal nickname? I, I don't know. I mean, buckets. O airball is hilarious. You know, I mean, there's been, I don't know, give us your best buckets. Oh, blank name for Royce O'Neal. I mean, I, I've been saying since, you know, the beginning of last season, buckets. Oh, bench, you know, but like, I don't know. There's been, there was one yesterday. I can't remember. There was one yesterday that was hilarious. I just can't remember. Okay. Okay. It, and it's so funny to me. It is so funny to <laughs> what I just like, I'm, I, I've got like five direct messages here. Okay. And and I just I want to understand it. I want to understand it. Make like, a comment. Why aren't you comment on the show, man? By the way, hit the like button too. Anyway, thank you. Um, Jeremy Bolton says uh, maybe uh, the Jazz can trade buckets airball for Tori Ellis. Please tell me you know who Tori Ellis is. Isn't that? <laughs> that's a that's a that's a throwback, and I want to say Tori Ellis. Didn't somebody use that as like their hotel alias or there's a funny story. I'd have to look it up. There's a funny story. No, okay, oh, first... no, no, no. That's the, no, 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 no. That's the bar fight. That's the bar fight name. There was, it was, I don't know. Somebody, somebody help first me out First name that struggling. comes up when I Google Tori Ellis is, and this isn't, I haven't even opened the article. You know, Williams identified himself as Tori Ellis. Yes, Darren Williams. But Darren an Williams. officer. Darren Williams. Dude. Darren Williams. Bro. That's what, it, and, and no, no, no. Was it Park City? 
Darren Williams got into an altercation. The cop showed up and he identified himself as Tori Ellis. What the hell, man? That's right. Yes, it was in Park City. I'm old. I, I, it take the, the synapses need to fire and stuff, and I need to clean the spark plugs up there. You know, uh, wow. <laughs> how dare you try to jackpot me, Jeremy Bolton? You brought up um, Tori Ellis. Lorenzo Miranda says, "Who cares? He's old. You better care about Rudy Gay." <laughs> uh, Jonathan Ponce says, "It's Hassan." Hassan. Hassan. White side. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just you as know. obnoxiously as possible. Son. <laughs> uh, Alex Chacon says, I wouldn't be opposed to bringing back Whiteside, but he's got to be more engaged every single game. And he's got to control his emotions. That's the other thing that I think is... But again, but again, you're asking someone to do something he's never proven to do with anybody who's ever coached him. No, like, I don't disagree with don't that. Don't be unrealistic about who he is, and, man. And I, but I think you've got to hold him accountable to that. Yeah. And, and I agree with you on that. Yeah. Hassan Whiteside got paid and then kind of checked out in the intensity yeah. department. And Hassan Whiteside is that guy who likes the flex on dude. Hassan. He Hassan likes to flex on guys. <laughs> I'm never doing that again. It makes my neck hurt. <laughs> You know, wow. Uh, Asler says, I would pref uh, prefer Kofi Cockburn wear number 21 rather than Hassan Whiteside. I think Kofi's going to make the team. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. He is a Kofi's not unlike Rudy Gobert, though. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it'll be interesting to see what his top end. He's a little more explosive is. than Rudy is based on what I've seen. But again, we haven't seen a lot. yet. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what his his top end is. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says buckets will pass up the three ball is his favorite nickname. Yes. There you go. Came from the bottom, says Mitchell to the Lakers for Westbrook, THT, and a few draft picks. Nah. Well, I'm telling you, if Talon Horton Tucker's available, I still maintain I'd take him on this team. And I know I got shellacked like a bad stepchild who misbehaved in class and stuff. No offense right. if you're a stepchild. It's tough. Uh, you know. Yeah. Wilda Thrill says, buckets, oh, pile of crap. <laughs> Tana uh. Buckets, oh, Cafe Rio. Jeremy Bolton says. Hey, guys. Are we really playing that? Okay. Yeah, we are. Uh, I asked for it. Buckets o Bolar because Bolar thinks his second coming <laughs> of Michael Joel. Bolar. Craig Bolar, Jack. Buckets o Bolar. He's got to stop saying it, Buckets O'Neal. He has to stop. Please. Please. Uh, Spencer Morgan, there were clearly issues between Snyder and Rudy Gay to see what he can do under Hardy if they don't move him. I think you have to. Yeah. As for Whiteside, I don't see why you don't keep him. He has a tiny contract. He's given the Jazz way more than what he's cost him. Absolutely. Well, and I think he's one of the Absolutely. only guys on the roster that he's that has done that, outplayed his contract. I think that's a great point. Yeah, great I agree. Point. James Knight, only because you're a regular on this show and – that's the only reason I'll read this. Uh -huh. It's pretty disrespectful how you guys ridicule Royce. He gives his heart and soul on the floor. Get the hell out of here, bro. What are you talking about, dude? It doesn't you know. matter. Dude, it doesn't matter if you try hard. <laughs> he gives his heart and soul on the floor. Dude, it doesn't matter if you try hard. It's it's What the issue is is that he's really good at passing up the corner three when he's wide open and really bad at making the three when you need it. Like That's the problem, man. Yeah. And and again, I'm not trying to hate on you, but but take it how you want. Like Royce O'Neal is an average ass NBA player. He is nothing to write home about, man. And and the Utah Jazz have have like gift wrapped him into some like superstar, and he's not that guy. That's not who he is. Asler says, "Hey, it's Coburn. It's always going to be Cockburn. Yeah, always on this show. Yeah, 
Always. Yeah. Come on. Always. We, it's, we're men. It's yeah. Cockburn. Yeah. Thank Kofi you. Cockburn. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> buckets KFC. There's been a lot of Buckets names. Buckets. Oh, God. Get off our team, O'Neill. <laughs> wow. Lorenzo Miranda. Uh, Tanner Plummer says Bolar. He doesn't deserve to have his name pronounced correctly. Needs to be canned. Craig Bolar. Wow. Yeah. He's brutal. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says buckets owe no defense. Well, buckets owe <laughs> used wait, to play he's, defense. He's, he's, he's the, first team all defense. Oh, he's, he's the he's best clamps. defensive player ever. Just yeah, ask clamps. Allie Rowe. Clamps. Oh, I love clamps. him. He's the best. Clamps. Okay, sorry, that was probably rough. I miss Matt Harpring. Yes, I said that out loud. Jeremy Bolton says Riley Nelson gave his heart and soul for BYU, but BYU still sucked. Yes, they did. No. J-I-M-M-E-R. Yep. James Knight says, how many NBA games have you suited up for, Jake? What does that have to do with anything, man? Casey Finlinson, Bolar, yeah. got to stop uh, the buckets, oh, paid much flame on and all, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Lorenzo Miranda says, ha, I love you guys. Cockburn! <laughs> anyway, we're men. That's what we Incredible. do. Incredible. Um, I want to talk about this James Harden situation. Yeah. Um, because I also think that when we talk about James Harden, this money he's getting today is crazy. It's ridiculous, dude. He's going to opt into $47 million um, potentially today. There is Woj is reporting. Woj. Woj bomb. Buckets of Woj. Is reporting that, and Bolar is not, um, okay, we'll stop. Cockburn. Anyway, the point know. is, listen, listen. Uh, <laughs> when it comes to James Harden today, there are reports that he and the Sixers are trying to negotiate an extension to pay him far less than the $47 million. He has a player option for $47 million this year in Philly. Right. If you're Philly, I think this is a deal you have to get done. You cannot pay James Harden $47 million bucks. Yeah, I just think it's it's unrealistic. I, I don't think that, frankly, if I'm being honest, I don't think that James has earned that kind of money. I, I think that he has not been... James Harden is not... Houston Rockets James Harden anymore and I think people need to stop expecting that out of him but I think when with that being the case I don't I just don't think that he deserves 47 million a year like you're talking about Steph Curry money man like that's that's not where James is at and the problem truly at the core of it for James Harden is that James Harden has never proven to be the guy on a championship contending basketball team even with the Rockets, like it's no secret that James Harden was a get his numbers guy. James Harden was a get to the line, like like best score in the league, but not a winner type guy. And with all due respect, I'm not even trying to hate on him. Like that's just who he's been in his career. And so now for the Sixers, you know, he hasn't like last year was was not exactly like light the world on fire, right? Like he was more buckets of Harden than Houston Rockets James Harden. Yeah. So, you know, I just think that he hasn't earned that kind of money and I do think that he should restructure, no doubt. Well, number one, I think you're worth what somebody will pay you. Well, that's true. Um, and obviously he was the guy in Houston. And I think the truth about James Harden in Houston was when he was right, there was nobody righter. I mean, that guy, when he was on fire, was amazing. But they missed, I think, 27 straight, or he missed no, 27 No, he missed 27 straight, straight threes. In the playoffs. Yeah. And then Chris Paul dropped his groin on the floor, and that was the end of that. Water's wet. Right? And then he forces his way to Brooklyn and forces his and way to Philly. Every single time. If you're the Philadelphia 76ers, you have got 
to renegotiate this deal. Yeah. Um, I also think the other big story is is going to be the New York Knicks, and and this is a conversation I I I think is really important because the Knicks are a team that if the NBA is going to thrive, the New York Knicks need to be relevant. And I think if they're going to go all in and pay Jalen Brunson twenty seven million dollars, I just think this is another very New York Knicks move. Yeah. Um, and again, not to be redundant, if you're just tuning in, we talked about this a minute ago. Jalen Brunson, in my opinion, is not a guy that is an alpha. He's not a guy that you can say, okay, hey, here's my 30 mil. Uh, go win us a championship. Right. Now, he can be part of that very clearly. But I think the thing that we learned in Dallas is he's never going to demand the basketball. And I understand that Luka Doncic is a guy that's not going to pass unless he feels like he needs to pass. Or he had too many biscuits before the game and that ace is tired. <laughs> Whatever it might be. Luka Doncic <laughs> isn't passing unless he feels like it. <laughs> And I think that was to the detriment of a lot of guys on that roster. And Jalen Brunson was probably the number one guy who suffered from being on the same floor with Luka Doncic. That does not mean that you can put him in the middle of Madison Square Garden and expect him to be the reason that you're going to move into, you know, playoff relevancy year in and year out. Right. Because what this does by paying him $30 million, it probably means you have far less depth on that roster because this is a team who I think has cleared something like $19 million in salary cap over the last week, including yesterday yeah. when they traded uh, old friend Alec Burks uh, and Nerlens Noel, when they traded them to Detroit and cleared more space, it's pretty clear the Knicks are going out to get Jalen Brunson. And, and I just don't know. I think it's a huge risk. I don't know that this works out for the Knicks. Yeah, here's what I think ultimately happens for the Knicks in this deal. They're going to get it done. And I think if you're the Knicks or if you're a Knicks fan, what excites you about the Jalen Brunson situation is the Jalen Brunson to Mitchell Robinson connection is going to be lethal. There's no question about that. And furthermore, I would tell you the bigger question in the Jalen Brunson, Mitchell Robinson connection is how does Julius Randle fit into everything that's going on here? Like is the expectation that, that, that Jalen Brunson is going to come in and, and run point guard and, and sort of just be you like your best scoring option. Cause no. that's not what they've had. Like, again, don't forget You've got R.J. Barrett. You've got Julius Randle. You've got Mitchell Robinson. Like, you've got some dudes coming off the bench. Like, you have some talent there, but I just don't think that the expectation should be, oh, well, we just cleared all this cap space. We're signing Jalen. Now we're definitely going to the second round in the playoffs, or we're definitely yes. going to the Eastern Conference because that's not how it works. And the last thing I'll say is defense is what won in the Eastern Conference. Yes. Don't forget that. Yes. And they do not have that. And Pudge NYCE says Jalen is a piece. He is a piece. Yeah. He's not the piece. Right. He is a piece. And you know what? Gene Stream Gamer makes the best point on James Harden. He's taking his step back too much with his career. Dude is traveling his pride, man. Yeah. And I think he is. Yeah. He's out chasing that. I agree. Eric and Raleigh says teams think they have to spend on players to keep up with other teams, but they don't make smart decisions. See the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. Because the Nets really are one of the best examples of trying to buy a championship and look where you are now. You're in a situation where you're probably going to lose Kyrie and KD altogether. And if I am the Golden State Warriors, I'm making the call on Kevin Durant. He said out loud in an interview on his podcast the other day that he would be wide open to going back to Golden State. Why would you not? Yeah, wouldn't you be? Why would you Jesus. not? Yeah. Uh, Alex Chacon, the Knicks have to get Nolan out of the building. Good luck. Yeah, Are that's your... not happening, dude. Good luck. Yeah. Pudge uh, says not necessarily Dallas might do a sign-in trade. We'll see. I mean, it would be it, 
Mark Cuban's a pretty savvy basketball operator. I would think that you would want to get something other than nothing um, for him. But I think the Knicks would be under after the – well, yeah, they could do a trade if they're under the, the, the tax. Yeah, they're three. That, so that after won't. Brunson, they're, they're about $3.5 million under. But wouldn't – I wonder if that would hard cap Dallas, though, because Dallas is, is close. So. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to speak. I don't know that for sure. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says spending just to spend is what most teams do in the NBA, specifically yeah. the Knicks. Yeah, you yeah. know, I, I agree with that. Pudge says Mitch will be great with Jalen Robinson. I actually think Mitchell Robinson is a really important player. Yeah, uh, because he's a guy that I think a lot of teams want. The Bulls want. I can tell you right now. I've heard a dozen times the Bulls want Mitchell Robinson. Well, and I think he gets forgotten about a lot of times. Like I think people just forget that he's yes. this this seven yes. footer that's got a ton yes. of athleticism. And and again, the most important thing, and this is one of my biggest beefs with some of the not just Rudy, but like some of the bigs in the league that maybe aren't like all star caliber bigs. The great thing about Mitchell Robinson is he does want to end you. He does want to make that statement, and he is a phenomenal pick and roll player from an athleticism standpoint. So that's why I say like I think that. The Knicks are looking at this and they're saying, okay, we're going to sign this guy and we're definitely going to be better for it because I think we can all agree Jalen Brunson definitely makes you better. The problem is for $27 million a year, he's not outplaying that contract. And yes. I can't remember who made that comment earlier, but I think that's one of the best things that we don't say a lot is, hey, what value am I getting for the money I'm spending? This is the Kyrie problem. This is the this James Harden problem. This is the Rudy Gobert problem. The Russell Westbrook when problem. You, when you hand Russell Westbrook yes. a deal that pays him $47 million on a player option yeah. to end the deal, yeah. James Harden, $47 million. Rudy Gobert, $41 million. This is million. the dynamic at play with John Wall. What is it? John Wall got his buyout. He's going to be a vet minimum guy this year because he got the buyout. What can he go and do to earn himself yet another couple and year extension? You, as the LA Lakers, should be signing John Wall yeah. and not because you're going to pay Russell Westbrook $47 million. And it is, it, it is buyer beware, in my opinion, when you're talking about these huge contracts with these guys. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Uh, Spencer D, good morning to you. Nick's paying 25 plus million for Brunson is way too much. I, I agree. agree. I agree. Totally agree. Low twenties is where Brunson should be, but Asler, they're not paying him that. Asler says Brunson, Randall, and Barrett lefty trio. Ha ha ha. Yeah. Well, and I don't understand why you have not traded. Oh, Julius Randall is a good player. Yeah. But you're not winning a championship with him. No. And I still maintain RJ Barrett has a much higher ceiling than we are watching right now. I It's a coaching I, issue. I know that a lot of people tell me I'm crazy on 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 him. I'm an RJ Barrett believer. I'm an Emmanuel Quickly believer. Um I think that, that look at Tyrese Maxey in Philly. James Harden hurts Tyrese Maxey in Philly. And he still gets his numbers. And, uh, that's exactly dude, right. Like I wonder how much all of this roster change in New York helps or hurts R.J. Barrett. Because if I'm the Knicks, that's the only thing that should matter to me. Well, the one thing that's they it. haven't had, if you think about it, the one thing they haven't had is a, is a dynamic point guard to feed these guys. Yeah. So I think, again... But is Jalen Brunson that guy? Yeah, he can uh -huh. be that guy. He, he's got passing ability. He can run an offense. But I think, again, that's yeah. just not how they used him in Dallas. And that's why I say, I don't know 
what Jalen Brunson's highest best use is. I know he's not an alpha, but can he show us more in the passing department? Can he be double-double every single night because he's getting all those assists? Well, I don't know. I think that's what remains to be seen. It's a huge question. I, I think that's a huge question. Yeah. And, and again, this James Harden thing today, in case you're not up to a hundo P on the news in the NBA hundo today. Hundo P. Hundo P. I'm cool and hip, and there's nothing um, you can do about it. Um, um, James Harden today... <laughs> James Harden today is the deadline for him to opt into his $47 million deal. And by all accounts, yeah. the Sixers are trying to do quite a bit. And it's not the easiest thing in the world to do when you're in the Sixers position. I mean, you're dealing with a guy and James Harden, frankly, who's very expensive to you and 47 million bucks is a lot of scratch. <laughs> But he's also a guy that allows you to go and make trades. If you can renegotiate James Harden's deal, that opens you up in Philadelphia to do a lot more. Yeah. And I think that's why you're hearing that they would love to add a guy like a, a, a Jordan Clarkson, that they'd love to go in and, and make a deal to get better depth. Because as we found out in Utah, the minivan George Yang ain't quite getting it done. And I think one of the more difficult things, Jake, is it's very difficult to figure out and project what a roster looks like when you have a $47 million James Harden on your team. Yeah, and I think all you're trying to do is, is get $10 million a year back on your cap. That's what you're trying to do with the James Harden contract because that, that gives you enough to go out and get you know, two extra players that, that yes, can be does. contributors yes, but are not does. like grade A guys. You know, So that's what you're trying to do. Yeah. Um, Pudge NYCE says, RJ is averaging 24 points a game with no plays ran for him. He will be great this year. That's what I mean. Like, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's, that's why I think the Jalen Brunson situation has potential. Yeah. But if it's just going to be this thing where Jalen rolls into to the garden and is expected to put up 30 a night, that's not going to be the best way to use him. I You have – scoring is not the issue. The issue is facilitating yes. and getting these guys – into positions to get high percentage looks. That's the issue. Wow, look at Jeremy Bolton. Now, Jeremy, this is a critical comment for you. Uh-huh. This is a moment in time where I just want to throw my arms around you and and rub your face in my sweat to tell you that you should have said this a long time ago. Um now I feel awkward. Um, um as much as I dish the hate on Caruso. Don't. You're serious right now. I'd actually would like to have him on the What? Yeah! What? What? Friends. Whoa. There are certain moments in this life where the flowering of a young man happens. And he comes around to realize that as a man, sometimes you have to be humble. (laughs) And here we are with Jeremy Bolton, whose kids bought him a Jeremy Caruso or Jeremy Caruso. Buckets of Caruso. I just named your next child, Jeremy Bolton. You're casual. <laughs> Who, Jeremy Bolton's kids bought him an Alex Caruso jersey because he's such an Alex Caruso hater. Yeah. So to hear you type those words, but I saw them, not heard them and stuff, I'd actually would like to have him on the jazz. I'm going to not read the rest of the comment. I'm just going to bask in the glory of my manhood impacting um, you know, your, your, your man in, in mentality and stuff. I got lost Bro, in these comments, about, but man? anyway, you know, <laughs> Jeremy Bolton also says, just kidding. Caruso sucks. Then I'll drop that mother. Dude. Why? Can't you, go back now. You said it. There's no going back, bro. You, I'm sorry, man. You were gone. Such a good role. Yeah. Um, 
Pudge NYC says Caruso is a good piece. He is. Yeah. Caruso is the piece you want on a championship team. Yeah. All seriousness aside. Um, let's see. Hullabilly says Buckets 0 for 5. Are we still on the yes, Royce O'Neal nickname? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, Jeremy Caruso, barf. Jeremy yeah. Bolton said, so you got to play a throw up. You know, oh, I mean, he wants okay. you to play like some, um, some barfing sound effects. Um, yeah, and stuff. okay. Uh, I'll work on that. You know, Thanks, uh, yeah. Lorenzo Miranda says Knicks will always be bad. The joke of the NBA. I like it this way. I actually don't think they will always be bad. Yeah, that's just my opinion. All right, um, let's get to the non-sports stories of the Hit day. Hit the like button if you're. Yeah, if you're here, there's 173 people currently watching this show. Friends, can you please do me a favor? Do me a solid. Hit the thumbs up. Um, you know, every day on this show that, um, we give you absolutely the truth in sports talk, give us a thumbs up. We really appreciate it. It helps the channel grow. I want it. Uh, we love that you guys are here every day and we like filling you in on bad things that are happening around the world, including Dude. the FCC, the federal communications commission yesterday, making the unprecedented move to encourage every American to delete TikTok and all its data from your phone. This now, is scary, bro. This is scary. So how much do you how much do you use TikTok? Daily. Daily. Like all the time. Like multiple, several, multiple times, times a day. daily. Yeah. You More than TikTok. I use Instagram, I would say. And the thing with TikTok is, and I love it. But here's the reasons that the FCC is saying that you need to delete your TikTok. Because they have been found to have been recording all kinds of data surreptitiously. Right. Which means without your knowledge and against their terms of service, because every app, just so you know, not to get too specific here, every app you download from the App Store or Google Play has terms of service where they make you promises and you make them promises. They are doing several things that should terrify you. They are recording your keystrokes yep. on every single app that you use. So passwords, emails, banking. So when you log into your banking app, they're recording your keystrokes and they are storing that information according to the FCC because TikTok has roundly denied this. They are storing that data in China on their servers and the parent company of TikTok is a company called ByteDance. Mm -hmm. ByteDance is storing that data on servers in Beijing, China. And by the way, no company that has has its roots in China isn't at least partially owned by the Communist Chinese Party. This is a code 10 abort. That's the government of China. Yeah, that's a problem. So essentially, the government of China is recording your keystrokes. They are recording your, your data. They are listening to your conversations. And they are storing all of that information. According to the FCC. According to the Federal Communications Commission. Yeah. The FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, is moving to ban TikTok and get it kicked out of the Apple iTunes Store and the Google Play Store to make it very difficult to download that on your phone. You hear all this. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, my, my biggest thing right now is just that, you know, this isn't the first time we've heard this about TikTok. Before it was the, the, the accusations were, you know, much lighter and less severe, I would say. But this this is enough where I deleted it off my phone this morning. You did. I did delete it off my phone, yeah, welcome, in totality. Welcome to the show, Mrs. Monty. Oh, terrible. You're terrible get, You're framing. getting closer. Terrible So framing. as part of this, as part of this, we have to kind of spin one of okay, the cameras I, I around. I am now focused Whoa. on your rack. There Whoa. she is. Hey, how Whoa. are you? 
Mrs. Monty, good morning to you and your wet hair. Um, let me turn up your microphone. Hello. Hello. Hi. How? Every time. Because I can't see what the camera's looking Having at. fun is the name of the game. We last night, <laughs> by the way, yeah. see. It's looking in her snitch. Yeah. The, her the, snatch. The, the sweater puppies. Wow. Uh, you know. Wow. Um, I'm a man. But in all seriousness, so yeah. this, this TikTok yeah. thing is a big deal. I want to be very serious yeah. about this because I love TikTok and I've had a lot of fun on TikTok. I deleted it off my phone and the data. I will never log into TikTok again. Yeah. Mrs. Monty, did you do the same? But you need to delete your account. I don't think you do. I don't think you do. I think to protect yourself, you just need to take it off your phone and delete the data. Because they basically bypass all the privacy settings on your phone to do That's all right. this. So That's if it's right. not on, the, the, but they need the app as like the bridge to your phone. The And, and by the way, for those of you who don't know, yeah. The stories behind this is that they use hackers and essentially what they've done is because the the app is on so many devices around the world. Yeah. They have had access, unabated access, essentially a jailbreak access to your iPhone code and your 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 Android device code. Yeah. And they have exploited to a much larger level they have exploited the Android platform yeah. much more than they've exploited iOS. Well, you know, Androids obviously are not iPhones, you know. Yeah, I mean, who who likes Androids more than iPhones? Yeah, I don't know anybody who does. So. A lot of people do. Mrs. Wow. Monty is only on, on iPhone. But what are your thoughts on this, Mrs. Monty? Um, it's disappointing. It's disappointing, but am I surprised? No. But I think that the other thing is, is that if you don't delete, I agree, Take it off your phone. Make sure you delete all your data. I did that. Like, but I think you also need to delete your account because it doesn't hurt them. They can keep sharing your videos. They can keep saying that they have the same amount of users because you haven't removed your account. Same thing with Snapchat. I deleted my Snapchat because I just didn't use it, but nothing malicious on that side. But, um, I think that we really have to think about how do we send a message? We remove ourselves from their platform. It's not just the app deletion because they don't see that. Um, they You've already downloaded it once. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. Just removing it off your phone. So you're saying that what not... you want to do is impact their their user numbers. Yeah. You want to impact their user numbers. And, and I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, yeah. I, they have... They are by far the hottest, largest, hippest social media app in the world. I mean, they are far beyond Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at this point. I just think they have so much influence. I would agree with that. I think that's actually a very good point to damage their user numbers. Right. You're not going to save your information. They're not going to delete your information. Yeah. What you need to do and the reason you need to delete TikTok off your phone and never go back is to protect yourself in the future. Yeah. I am a big believer in changing your passwords. I am a big believer in protecting your yeah. accounts. Um, I mean, when you work as hard as as we all work to build a financial base, yep. I mean, I, the other question here is, do you trust any of these social media platforms? Because I can tell you, I am not a Facebook guy. Mm. Or, oh, I'm sorry. I'm not a meta guy. I don't trust Facebook as far as I Buckets can meta. Yeah, buckets but meta. I, the, I guess the only thing, and I'd have to really look at where is their. I I believe that you know Facebook has a data center that's not far from here. They do. Um, but I guess the only thing that is m like m maybe marginally comforting is that at least I feel like our data is here on U.S. soil. We all knew going to TikTok, it was going to be stored 
somewhere else. Yeah. There's no way to get around that. They're not going to have, even if they have redundancy here, even if they're using servers that are here, it is overall stored in China in a country that is not necessarily our ally. Yeah, they, by the way, they surpassed 1 billion users in the fourth quarter of 2021. So TikTok's got over a billion active yeah. users. Yeah. Take your account off. Send yeah, a I, I, it's it, not okay. I think we, yeah. I think we we just rely. You, I'm just telling you, it's it's a privacy thing. Whether you know, like that's that's your biggest concern here. Like yep. with your phone, it's a privacy thing. They're Tanner, taking your info. Tanner Plummer says, "I don't have TikTok, and I never will. I just think it's a waste of time. I just have Twitter and Facebook. Hey guys, and I use primarily for sports and politics. Yeah, yeah, I, and yeah. I agree. TikTok is a time suck. It is super easy to sit there and just watch. Yep. Yeah. Short Michael Burton for hours. Oh yeah, for sure. Michael Burton says, refuse to use TikTok. It is China's Chinese-based minors. Truth, you yeah. were right. Uh, Pudge NYC says, I believe it, fellas. Great show. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Buckley says, of course China would do something like this. Of, of course. course. <coughs> of course. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says, now tell me the U.S. government isn't doing the exact same thing. Well, I think that's part of the conversation. They may be, but but I, here's the thing. I, I, I'm, you know. Not that I want to. Not that I want to say that I'm okay with that, but I'm more concerned with what China's doing than what our government's doing. Not I that say. I trust the U.S. government because yeah. I don't, but yeah. I that's, trust that's them. That's another, another subject, but TikTok, delete yeah. your account. Delete yeah. the app. Don't go back. Yeah. And I think it's important that people share the information to say, hey, I've deleted my account, and, and here's why. Yeah. Uh, Giggity makes a great point. Any information flowing through Chinese infrastructure is fair game, according to Chinese law. Better to cut tech on all. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Um, Ryan Buckley says, watch China invade Taiwan. Could be, for uh. sure. Asler says, it is made in China. What else can we expect? Nothing. Agreed. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, James Knight says, that was a rack attack, Monty. A rack attack. On you when I was trying to figure oh, out where the camera it happens all the time. Where the it's camera fine. was. I, I will, if, if, admittedly, I am a boob obsessed male. I mean, <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, Eric says everything is made in China. Tanner says, So, Mrs. Monty, when is the RSL podcast coming out? Hey guys. Oh my God. You know. Hey, they want a commitment. They want a commitment. So, you know. You know. You know. Big things are coming. Michael Burton says, Where is Mrs. Monty's proper microphone? What do you mean? <clears throat> well, what do you mean proper microphone? What it, what does that mean? Like she has a proper microphone. I mean, we can get her, you know, an SM7B. I mean, well, but why? Where are we going to put it? That's the thing. Like you look at the microphone she has right there. That's a sure microphone. Yeah, that's yeah, a really good. Now it is she a doesn't. Good mic. She won't hold it in front of her face and use it properly, so she always sounds like you she's. You told in, me to hold it to the side. So right, but you pop. can't hold it um, like, hey man, um, hey guys, how you doing? <laughs> Just hold it to the side, guys. Hey, by the way. Am I doing that? Oh, my You're God, not, dude. But it's better theater. <laughs> uh, Eric says, why do you think uh, Elon Musk wants to buy Twitter? The value is in the information mined from phones and the app. Well, it's funny. Oh, yeah. One of the things I want to talk about today is um, like the layoffs that we're seeing in all these different industries. And I was actually going to save that and talk HOAs today. We'll talk HOAs some other time. The, the, the job thing that's happening in this country right now, like Tesla is a great example of this. So everybody's got these fears about massive layoffs. And yeah. people are saying, well, massive layoffs are coming. But look at who's doing the layoffs. The crypto industry has been crippled. Yeah. And so there's a ton of layoffs in crypto. Look at crypto.com. 
like crypto.com arena and crypto.com your mom and yeah. like crypto.com everything, right? Yeah. Well, guess what? Crypto crashed and now they're not so crypto.com anymore. And you look at Elon and Tesla, they have over $150 million leveraged against Bitcoin, which is in the crapper now. Yeah. And what he's trying to do is get out of buying Twitter, in my opinion, because it's cost prohibitive now. And it's because he's lost so much on crypto and they were taking payment for Teslas in crypto. You you are looking at guys that made bad decisions during the pandemic and they wrote a wave of things that we have no idea how it works. You have no idea how crypto works. And I don't care who you are. I don't care if you tell me, well, I'm a crypto expert. And you're not a crypto expert because guess what? There's no such thing as a crypto There's expert. There's no way to be. You can't forecast it. You can't regulate it. You can't control it. So how are you hedging on it? Facts. Right? And then I look at a company like Netflix who laid off, I think, 2,000 more employees. Why did, why did Netflix lay so many people off? Well, because they bought an obscene amount of content during the pan... Well, can't talk about that. Yeah. During the period thing of time... we can't talk about on YouTube. YouTube. won't let us say. Yeah. Netflix was massive when we were all stuck at home. Yeah. Right? But yeah. now... It's not massive anymore because we're going back to the theater. And, and by the way, there's also a ton more competition. So you spending hundreds, literally hundreds of billions of dollars on content was a mistake. And who's going to pay the price for that? A, Netflix users, because we keep getting rate hikes. And B, the bloated staff at Netflix, who's all getting laid off now. Yeah. So I don't buy into this idea that the economy is crashing mm -hmm. and that we have to have layoffs. There are three applicants, or excuse me, three jobs open for every one applicant right now. Yeah. Yes. There are, th and, and you work in, in, in hiring, you know that. Yes. If you'd like a job, we are hiring. More than 50,000 people remaining this year, we need to hire. We have like more than 40,000 jobs open. Yeah, there I know what time it is. There are opportunities for work. And I bet yeah. you everybody from Netflix who's getting laid off is just going to get snatched up by everyone else. It, it's she said snatch for um, the second time today. <laughs> for I the didn't second. Say moist, by the way, though. you didn't before we because I want to get back to this layoff thing. Yeah. Everybody's asking why you don't have a microphone stand, Mrs. Monty. Were you offered a microphone stand, a microphone holder, like? A microphone stand? We talked about in the future when we are ready to do the things the thing that we're, we're doing. not talking about that, that we're doing, yeah. that I would get a microphone stand. But you declined the offer to have no, a microphone stand. I did not. When, <laughs> when was this? We talked about getting you a, a, a like a post in a, a clip that you could leave and you're like, no, I don't need that. I can hold it and... Man, what's she talking about? You're oh. <laughs> welcome. Uh, welcome to married life. Welcome to married right, life. We're gonna move on here. Eric and Raleigh says buckets o dead crypto. Yeah. Lorenzo oh, Miranda says Mrs. Monty a baddie good for you, bro. Thank you. You're uh -huh. welcome. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says what field are you hiring for? Everything. Oh no. What? The porn bots Come have on. made their return. No. Damn oh, Russian no. porn bots. God dog it. Now I got to hide them and report them. It's, we, went on a, we were on a good run. The last time this happened was probably, what, a month ago? 
yes. that this happened. We were on a really good run of not having them. No. Oh, man. Anyway. Now the comments is all muddled up. Now I got to like go and report the spam. You got to do everything yourself, So man. they're hidden. You know. It's probably because you talked negatively about the TT. Yeah, uh, probably the TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. Um, James Knight says, I hope she's not mimicking holding your microphone, Monty. Stop it. Wow. Stop it. Eric C wow. says, oh, yeah, I came in time for the porn bots. <laughs> you, you did. Um, but anyway, this thing with this thing with TikTok, the stuff with the, the economy, I'm telling you now that we have to do a better job of voting. Yeah. Because that's really what this comes down to. I mean, you look at what's happening in this country with your money. Got to have a say on that. There are so many stupid people that are titans of industry. Just because you're a billionaire does not make you intelligent. Saudi and stooge. Yeah, I'm telling you, if you have crypto holdings, you need to liquidate that. Yeah. And and ride the wave. If crypto, if Bitcoin, and I don't know what Bitcoin opened at today, I'll look. But Bitcoin was just about under 20,000 yesterday. Yeah. Which would be an amazing slide for what I think. It's at 20,060 right now. Mm-hmm. And it has been... It's been right around there. It has been under 20,000 most of the day. And I'm telling you right now, it's off 189 today. If you are in crypto, I'd love to understand the argument for staying in crypto. Yeah, there's not a great one. Hope. I, I, uh, you hope? They're hoping. They're hoping. Yeah, yeah. they are hoping. And and the frustrating thing for me is I think there's a lot of people who got taken. Yes. And and I, I just... It's just another scam for the rich. Like, I, I'm, I'm... And I know that that's harsh, but that's what it is. And yeah. I, I was uh, reading an article uh, recently, and it was talking about crypto is not a currency. It is an investment. It, it Crypto was... Uh, like arguments for it not being a currency, crypto is a limited um, value. They can only make so many. They yes. set it up that way. There's only so many coins. And that's why you can drive the value of your coin up. Yes. Part of how we regulate a, a fiat currency is that we're able to produce more of it. We're able to adjust the value. This is fucking it's America. It's not a real currency. Yeah, it's an it investment, is. just like a stock. There's only so many shares of stock. You can invest in those stocks and drive the value up, um, or the scarcity will drive the value up. But anyways, so if you are, it, it is running its 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 life, and I would get the hell out. Yeah. I, I feel bad for people who really seriously thought this was going to be the like the future yeah by the way uh eric and raleigh wants to go with voting's irrelevant because of gerrymandering different show yeah different, different show. show different tanner show, plumber's but... trying to mock me for my fear of spiders i'm not yes. having that i'm not having that yeah that's right eric and raleigh says reported tanner i am i hate spiders uh michael burton says stocks and crypto tend to be a gambling business simple rule don't invest what you can't uh what not what you are not prepared to lose. For the record, I love the non-sports segment of the show. Just saying, James Knight says. We appreciate Yay. that. Eric and Raleigh says, stocks are based on actual information. Crypto is not. I agree. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Spencer Morgan says, awkward. Could be. <laughs> Could be. Um, Michael Burton says, stocks can be overinflated as well. I mean, listen, it they is. Can. But there's controllables, though. There's, yeah. there's, there's controllables and there's things little, you can you yeah. can look at, at least. Like crypto, there's no... You're like, all right, 
yeah, today it's down 10,000 points. Tomorrow it'll be up 10,000. You have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah, I yeah. totally agree. Uh, Marcus Denora says, first time on chat, if they get D'Lo, what could they get to flip him? Also, wouldn't he help us stay competitive? Sure. Yeah, we talked about that. Absolutely. Appreciate you being in chat, Marcus Denora. Make sure you give us a thumbs up if you're here watching the show right now. We appreciate that. Really helps the channel grow. Scott Howard says, dump 600 into crypto, lost 150, then got out. Yeah. Cut your losses. You I, I mean? agree. Uh, Luis Campazzo says crypto is for funding sex and drug trafficking as well as terrorists. That is all it's worth. There's a lot of, of money laundering that runs through yeah, crypto. Huge. There, there is huge there is no doubt laundering. about that. Eric C says, Welcome to the cult, Marcus. Appreciate you, yeah. Eric C. <laughs> Absolutely. Welcome to the cult. Um, I agree with that. Uh heck yeah, Eric C. Tanner says. Uh Eric and Raleigh says the cult of Monty. Exactly right. Yeah. Jared Sibby says thumbs up. We appreciate that. Yeah. The Monty show here every morning. Um, should we go into the tomorrow, uh, tomorrow, tomorrow? I'm going to save the HOA. I'll uh, save the HOA. Uh, uh. Are you going to talk about Trump today? Not no. I was discouraged. I was discouraged from talking about the Don today. Yeah. Other things to talk about. I agree. Other things to talk about, man. I want to talk about that so bad probably bad for business if you're here right now give us a thumbs up and a like please subscribe thank you for 5,000 until tomorrow say goodbye mrs monty goodbye mrs monty